Welcome back to Leatherheads Footy. My name's Morgan. On this episode, Sydney Swans early 2023 preview. Very exciting team. Grand finalists obviously didn't go their way on the grand final, but they're a really young team as well. Probably got there a couple of years too early with how their list is set at the moment, and they're set for lots of future success with all of the young guys that they've got coming through. So very, very excited. Before I get started, Spotify now has the audio if you just want to listen to the audio of these and jump on Instagram, follow along for more content there. But without further ado, let's get started. Sydney Swans early 2023 preview. Backline, key pillars, the McCartan brothers. Really, really good story for the AFL. Paddy McCartan coming back, former number one pick, number one pick in 2014, I think. Petrarca went number two that year. Uh, lots of concussion issues, but found his way back into the game playing reserves in Sydney. Um, was plucked out of there, obviously, his brothers at Sydney, and they've got really strong off-field culture. And fantastic. He was picked as a key forward originally as number one pick, but to transition into defence, just showing that sometimes it's a lot easier to play behind the ball, have a starting point, and just be given that freedom to attack the ball in the air without all of the expectation and responsibility of being that focal point. You can sort of just work into the game off your opponent, beat them as a starting point, and then try and impact with the intercepting. And that's exactly what he did. Had a really, really good year and became probably their most damaging key defender with McCartan. He had lots of spoils, but not many intercepts. And um, Tom McCartan, sorry, I can't just call him McCartan. Tom, his younger brother, had lots of spoils and Paddy was the main interceptor. Tom McCartan, um, one of the better young key defenders in the competition. There's a few of them floating around. He's just reliable, really. Um, not flashy or anything, and probably younger, younger than you would expect, looking at how assured he is in the way that he plays. But as I mentioned, just really good at the lockdown stuff. Can take a mark and pretty good by foot, as is his older brother, Paddy. And the third tall I've got in there is Dane Rampey, who's had to play above his height for the majority of his career. Mature age recruit a little while back now, but has almost sort of played as a key defender for most of his career despite only standing at 188 centimetres, does it really, really well and offers pretty good run and rebound with that left foot kick of his, getting towards the end of his career, but still a fantastic defender and a guy that the Swans will <clears throat> look to to do a lot of shutdown work on your yeah, sort of mid-sized forwards or maybe playing on a third tall. Then we get to the smalls. The guys that will offer all of the rebound will primarily be Blakey. He came along really well. He was another academy guy. Swans have done really well out of their academy. He was an academy guy, I think, pick 10, if I'm not mistaken, back in 2018. So someone who's also a little bit younger than you'd expect. I thought he'd been on the scene for a little while. Was struggling to find his feet playing a few different positions, but got settled in defense and offers a lot of rebound. Really good left foot kick and is tall enough too that he can impact in the air. Defensively, he was actually doing really well statistically. A lot of the time you see guys go behind the ball, they get a lot of easy uncontested ball, but they're not necessarily defending first. He's a guy who actually does defend first and defensively um, stacks up against all the other defenders. Jake Lloyd, a guy who's that real cleaner upper behind the footy, really, really clean when the ball hits the ground and really composed to hit a mark, slow things down and give his team time to reset and get forward to attack. He's a guy that I thought was a little bit of a seagull early days, but having watched him more closely, I really understand the role that he plays and how important he is to Sydney. And he's, he's lost a little bit of the ball distribution when Sydney have the opportunity. Obviously, if he's mopping up, he's going to be getting there, cleaning up those loose balls, and he'll get the opportunity to, to distribute. But 
when it's a uncontested ball and Sydney can choose something like a kick-in, then Blakey will get that role. That's just because Blakey offers a little bit more pace. He can break the lines and he can kick a little bit lower and harder, a little bit further. Finally, I've got the guy who's going to be locking down majority of the time is Robbie Fox. Another guy who had an unconventional path. He's not one of these high picks that's just played from when they were 19 years old consistently. He's a guy who's had to fight his way onto the team, and you could see that in his desperation. A couple of efforts uh, late in the final series were shown a few times throughout the media, and it, yeah, it shows what these guys that have had to work past maybe lacking a little bit of natural ability with just work rate and effort and commitment to the team, and they're guys that set a fantastic standard in the team. Now, on the bench, I've got probably a tale of two halves. Harry Cunningham is a guy a little bit like Robbie Fox, probably offers a little bit more defensive rebound, a little bit more run and carry, kicking the ball, but I, oh, yeah, more of a lockdown type. And then Braden Campbell, he's a super, super talented young guy. Another one from the Swans Academy, but he was bid on very, very early in that 2020 draft, I think pick five. So obviously rated really, really highly. Hawthorne bid on him for that pick. Fantastic left foot kick, really strong around the contest, just bullet the gate. Um, aggression at the ball, but hasn't been able to find his spot at AFL level. He was never a high disposal winner, but he just showed flashes. Like you see glimpses of what this guy does and you think he's going to be a star of the competition, but he just hasn't nailed down that consistency in his game yet. Hopefully he can do that across half back, maybe get a bit of easy ball, get it more comfortable at the level. But ideally he would be a really, really damaging midfielder in years to come. Hopefully he can just get settled at AFL level. He's still got heaps of time in his career, so no rush. But I think his massive talent just hasn't found the consistency in his game. Moving into the midfield, it's a, it's a really good mix. This is what you want. For a midfield that made it to the grand final, there's still so much potential and youth. There are guys that aren't going anywhere, with the exception of Luke Parker and maybe Tom Hickey. But there are replacements ready to come in. So starting from the wingers, I guess I'll start at the wings. It's really, really young across the wings and exciting. Dylan Stevens, he's a guy who's starting to work his way into it. The 2019 draftee, um, he was pick four, I think. Yeah, pick four in the 2019 draftee. And there's lots of guys that have really come on the scene from that draft. Chad Warner's another one. Nor Anderson, Matt Rowell, Caleb Sarong, Hayden Young. There's heaps of them. Tom Green from GWS, Luke Jackson. There's a ton of them that have really cemented themselves as like rising stars and the best young players in the comp. Stevens is, is one of a few that have taken a little bit longer, but he's just started to get going. Really, really good uh, runner. Wins the time trial almost every year. Classy left footer. Always looks like he's got time, but another guy has just taken a little while to get on the scene, but showed signs in last year's final series in particular that he's starting to build that confidence. And that's what you really look for in a young player is are they starting to feel like they belong? Doesn't matter whether they look like they belong or they don't. Most important thing is do they look like they, they think that they belong? If that makes any sense, like in order to be able to play well, you first have to believe that you belong there. And he's starting to look like he believes he belongs at the top level. Then Justin McInerney, another really, really good runner. He's got a bit of spunk about him too. Got a bit of attitude, loves a goal. Watch him if he kicks a goal. Got a really good celebration. Um, neat little sidestep as well and, and pretty good finisher. But we'll just run all day up and down that wing as the Swans wingers tend to do. And then the final one in that rotation I've got is Ollie Florent. These guys, Stevens and McInerney, can both play high minutes because they're they're really good endurance athletes. So Florent, when he's not playing wing, he can push into that back rotation. I think potentially that's how they'll line up. Uh, maybe Cunningham and Campbell will both miss out, and then Florent will play a mixture of wing and half back. 
On ballers, I've got Mills, Parker, Warner, really, really strong on ball brigade. And sort of a, a bit of a blueprint of what you want in your three on ballers. You've got super defensive intent that comes from primarily Mills, but also Parker, both really, really good tacklers. And that's something you'll see across the last 20 years at Sydney is they've had fantastic tacklers, particularly around the ball. Mills, one of the highest tacklers in the comp last year, super young player, another guy who came through the academy, but despite being in the academy, was still pick three back in 2015. So that shows the caliber. Normally academy guys get drafted or bid on <clears throat> later than they deserve to be bid on by talent. But to be bid on at pick three, that shows, yeah, the kind of caliber that Mills is as a player coming out of New South Wales. Superb defensively oriented player, can play lockdown, can push to half back, defends first at the contest, lays tackles, just really, really solid, doesn't fumble, isn't scared of the physicality, kicks the ball well, long, um, just makes really good decisions and future captain for sure of the Swans. I he, think he's co-captain at the moment, but I can see him being standalone captain for the next five years or so. Parker, one of those midfielders that's strong overhead and can push forward, kicked the first goal in the grand final a little while back, I think 2016. But good overhead, really, really strong in the contest, doesn't shirk an issue. You could see that with how he was um, carrying on to Dylan Shield about being a little bit jumpy. Parker's one guy that you wouldn't bat an eyelid at him saying something like that because he can back it up with his physicality and his bravery. And then Chad Warner, a guy who's just super exciting. Got that dash away from the contest. Talk about it a lot, but they're the damaging midfielders. When you've got guys that can win their own ball inside and just explode away so that not only are they gaining the 10, 15 meters that they've made with that little burst away from the contest, but it means that they can kick into the forward line or wherever they're delivering the ball uncontested without any pressure on them and really get value for your money coming out of those clearances. Not everything's about money, I know, but, you know, analogies, let me have it. Finally, in that on-ball rotation, I've got James Rowbottom, another young Sydney Swans mid, 2018 draft. He's starting to come along, another guy with really high tackle numbers. So if Parker starts to play a little bit more forward, slows down a little bit coming into his early 30s, Rowbottom's a guy that can really provide that grunt around the contest. Not classy, not fast, but does it all around the contest and will provide that for years and years to come. Finally, the forward line, such an exciting line especially with Buddy still there, maybe one more year, maybe two, we'll see how it ends up. Obviously kicked a thousand goals now, but there's just, there's so many different avenues in this forward line, guys that are hard to match up on across the board, and you've, you've really got a bit of everything. So in the keys, it's going to be Buddy, center half forward, pushing up the ground, really, really good field kick, gets spoken about a lot, but he can push up, get those marks, and then deliver inside 50. Uh, he's not your traditional take big pack marks or outmuscle his opponent. He's, he's a guy who gets on the move a lot, uses his athleticism, just his general craft. A lot of the time you'll see him holding off his defender with one arm so that he can take an uncontested chest mark. He's just a fantastic player, obviously kicked a thousand goals. Logan McDonald, I've got it full forward. He's sort of the future key forward of the Swans. Does a lot better when Buddy's not in the team. I'd say probably that's because people, like teammates, are just looking for him a bit more. When Buddy plays, they do tend to look for him a lot. Understandably, it's not really a criticism, but when he retires, you'll see a lot more of an even spread in this one's forward line. Uh, McDonald's a young WA guy who, I think he came second in the like league senior waffle goal kicking as a 18-year-old in his draft year. So... Like, it's super, super impressive. And 
he's all class. He's all class. He works really, really hard. He's, yeah. Again, another thing I've talked about is these new key forwards that are coming through, they're not your big hulking monsters that just lead out, take a mark, kick a goal. They do a bit of everything. So he's clean at ground level. He's creative. He works really hard up and down the ground, but he's also just got those strong leading patterns, takes a good mark and can kick, yeah, really solid set shot goal kicking. And then Sam Reid, another guy more towards the end of his career than the start, but he's super mercurial and can have a really big game. You just want him there as a target more than anything because they've got enough guys who can do it at ground level. You just want someone that can provide that focal point, that option with a strong lead coming out of the goal square and just bring the ball to ground, worst case scenario. But he, he can do that. And if he has a day out, he'll start to clunk them and kick some goals. The Smalls, fantastic range, as I mentioned before. Isaac Heaney is one of the better players in the competition, in my opinion. Just a really dynamic forward, but a guy that probably won't get the recognition that he deserves because he plays that sort of mid-forward role, but predominantly forward. So he's never going to have huge midfield numbers. He's probably also not going to kick huge goals, but he would be a nightmare to play on. Just really, really strong hands. He's a powerful athlete too. Like he pushes up onto the wing and then he runs up and down the wing. He's a strong tackler. He kicks the ball well. He just knows where the goals are and he's, he's got fantastic natural ability combined with obviously the work rate to make it at this level and be as consistent as he is. Just always seems to have a niggling injury that perhaps stops him from getting to that uber, uber elite player in the competition. Errol Goulden, young guy, fantastic player. I love him. Like, you, you can't not love Errol Goulden. Coming into his third year now, so still really young, but will run all day, super clean at ground level, mops up in like at the feet of all these forward, and then a fantastic kick, like elite, elite kick and decision maker. So ideal, the type of player that you want going inside forward 50. He'll push up the ground, played a little bit on the wing, went into like one centre bounce, but mainly on the wing, and then playing across half forward, getting those balls, running into space, and then delivering with precision to these forwards. And that they would love leading to him. Like, buddy, I know I've seen him rubbing on him on the head a lot. He loves Errol because Errol always looks for him, and more times than not, he'll find him with one of those left foot bullets or just waded perfectly into space for Buddy to mark it. Finally, Tommy Papley, a guy, just a little ball of energy, brings so much to this forward line. Fantastic, almost not a barometer, but just one of those guys that you rely on to bring that zest to the forward line. Antagonizes a little bit, but he's, yeah, he's one of those players that just catches your eye because he's always on the move. He's always doing something. He can burst through the stoppage, push into the midfield and get those really damaging fast clearances. But in the forward line, he's really good on the lead. Like, And he, he demands the ball like a big key forward. So you can find him on the lead, but then at his size, super clean at ground level, but also powerful. Like he's pretty powerfully built for a smaller guy. So tough to tackle when he gets up ahead of steam and he's charging through. And then finish as well. His set shots are really impressive. I like the way he kicks the ball. He's got sort of one arm, one hand higher than the other on the ball, similar to how Favola used to kick it. And yeah, just finishes classy, brings so much. Finally, on the bench, I've got Peter Laddams playing as that second ruck tall forward. I think he's obviously the natural successor to Hickey. They've just delisted slash retired two rucks. So the future's really in Laddams' hand. He's a bit of a quirky one, a bit like a Finlayson maybe, but just does a bit of everything. Looks a bit unconventional, kicks him a freakish goal two years ago while he was playing for Port, but he's he's a very agile big man. He's got good hands and he looks like a guy, I reckon he could turn into a very, very good player, but 
he's at, still at the stage where you, you don't really know what he's going to turn into. And then Haywood, I've got as the final one on the interchange, potentially would come in if Reed or Franklin misses a game because he plays quite tall, plays a bit taller than his height, just hits out hard, and he's a real competitor. I like that. Knows how to kick a goal too. He's not not a one-dimensional player. He can mark above his head. He's more of a lead-out type, but he also can snap around his body well. Always seems to finish his work, so I like to see that. Overall, obviously exciting. Um, devastating what happened to them in the grand final. And there's been recent history of teams that have lost finals by big margins tend to go pretty badly the next year, or at least worse than they did that year. We'll see. They've got a fantastic system, as I mentioned. Off-field at the Swans is, is elite. They've got really good coaching staff. They've got the experience still. And maybe being out of the Melbourne spotlight of the footy bubble, as some people call it, will help them because they won't be in the newspaper all the time if they have a slow start and won't be constantly reminded of that grand final, even though it will be hard to forget it. But yeah, overall, very exciting. Look to be well covered across the board. Maybe maybe another key forward. It's Although it'll be a tough ask replacing someone like Buddy Franklin, but... And they're hard to come by. It's, it's not easy to find key forwards. That's why they go for so much when they do get traded. But super excited. I think one of the teams that's definitely, definitely in the running for the Premiership next year. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.